adopting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Birthbond Podcast. Today we're talking all about our menstrual cycles, and particularly getting your partner involved in not only understanding your menstrual cycle, but how to use your menstrual cycle as a superpower. How do you create a lifestyle that is conducive and supportive of the female body and that reproductive system and process that our bodies go through each month? I'm so excited to have our guest on today, Alex Cobble-Frakes, who is a passionate social entrepreneur. She has 10 years of experience in business and 8 years of experience working in health and wellness, and she has created The Agenda, which is helping people understand their periods and strategically plan around them. Plus, how do you talk to your partner about your period? I'm so excited to dive into this conversation because I think so many of us wish our partners knew more about our menstruation. We just don't necessarily know what we would say or how we would bring it up. All right, without further ado, Alex, welcome to the show. Yay, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. This is going to be so fun. I'm so excited to have you. I think that this is a topic that a lot of people want to know about, but they don't know how to know about it, and they feel a little weird knowing about it, and also definitely weird bringing it up to your partner, definitely weird trying to teach them, and I hope that through our conversation today, we can help bring some of these lovely people to the dark side and Yay! help them learn how to talk about this openly and transparently and kind of kindly, both of themselves and their partners. Yeah. And I also, which we do this every episode, but I think that we're going to challenge a lot of people's thinking today, especially in terms of like, what is awkward and what is yucky and ooey and does our period, which is a natural body function, fall into ooey yuck gross? Because it doesn't feel like it should, you know, a broken arm. Us, I mean, throwing up is gross, but it's not like repulsive like a lot of people think about when we think about periods. That could be yeah. an American thing. I want to talk about all that, the stigma, everything. But before we do all that, tell us who you are. Who's like behind the microphone? Who are we talking to today? 
Yeah. So I'm Alex Kobelfrakes. I am the founder of the Agenda Period and the co-founder of LifeSync. When I am not working and talking about periods, I'm a twin mom. I have two girls. And so this topic has become even more important to me since becoming a mom. Like I want them to grow up in a world where they just feel proud about their bodies because we see this huge drop off around adolescence in leadership, in sport participation between boys and girls. And the drop off has been linked back to the menstrual cycle, right? When like people don't feel empowered about their bodies, they, they stop going out for things. They stop seeing themselves as leaders. They stop seeing themselves as the way boys get to continue to develop and see themselves in the world. And I don't think that's fair. And I don't want my daughters to grow up in that world. So that's a little bit about who I am behind, behind the scenes. I also love to travel and cook and I speak Spanish fluently. So that's like something kind of fun. So that's a little bit about who I am when I'm not talking about periods over and over and over again. Awesome. You sound like me. I'm a broken record, <laughs> but it needs to be said because there are people who don't know this stuff. Yeah. Okay. So dive in literally right off the diving board, right into it. Talk to us more about that disparity between boys and girls. I imagined when you said that, what popped into my head was, ooh, missing a week of stuff each month must be hard on people playing sports, must be hard on people, you know, keeping up their grades and being the president of the class. It must be hard to keep up with the the responsibilities of like just being a high schooler these days, even middle schooler. Yeah. And and that doesn't even touch like some people have a hard time getting access to period products. So if you Mm. don't have the supplies that you need, you know, you may be worried about leaks or anxious. And even if you do have the supplies, I remember having what I now call period anxiety, like worried, am I leaking through my jeans? Like what's going on? How am I going to handle this if something happens in the middle of class or feeling like that gush that you're like, I need to go to the bathroom right now. And then worried that a teacher's not going to let you go. Right. There's a lot of anxiety around that. And then because there's a lot of mystery I think men tend to, and boys tend to deal with things, particularly with humor when they don't understand something. And so there's a lot of, I I really want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, uh, because I think this is like the kind of us against them mentality is really what makes this situation so challenging. But when boys and men don't understand the menstrual cycle, them maybe bringing up jokes. Oh, is she on her period? Is she PMSing? What's going on with her? Those kind of comments can really chip away at our psyche as well. So we're kind of left in this mess where I think the real issue is that people just don't have access to accurate information, but we all feel like we kind of end up fighting each other rather than being on the same team because through the agenda period, through the process that I've gone through over the last year, I think the more openly and honestly I've sat down in a calm way with men, they want to know and they want to be supportive and they want to talk to us about these things, but they don't know where to start. And so there's, there is some way that this topic and these conversations need to be led by the people with the problem. So we need to kind of welcome trusted men in so that they can be able to support us. Nice. Okay. How do we do that? What <laughs> tell us the steps to your evil genius plan of how do we fix this this gap? I think you call it something like menstruation, and you wrote a book on it. So tell us what what do we need to know about us as women, which is the majority of my listeners and men out there. How do we as women support our male partners in learning and being involved with our menstruation? 
I love that question. So I never thought that I would make a period company. And then I would, I never thought I would be like evangelizing period conversations with men, like even less than I ever thought I would be talking to anyone about periods. I definitely didn't think I would be talking to men about periods because I started this company in 2019. I started the agenda period, which began as a planner to show women and menstruators how to work with the four phases of their menstrual cycle, start to plan cyclically, how to work with their cyclical selves. So we worked with a lot of women But then as my company pivoted, we moved into app development and started raising venture capital and started to, you know, kind of expand in the world of entrepreneurship. I got, I I had to interface more and more and more with men, asking them, pitching them for money, talking to them about like funding our company. And like men did not understand why they needed to care about this. And I I got this. So, well, it's not like kind of niche. Like it's like kind of niche. I'm like, bro, do you know how many people have periods? Like this is not a niche market. Like over half of the planet has a period. Like how, so I got like kind of mad because I just got like over and over again, these questions that felt really stupid. Um, And I was, I was pitching my company for a state, a state loan essentially. And one of the questions came up, the guy was like, you're so great about talking about this. Maybe you could help lead the charge and help men understand this topic better. So we could be more supportive. And I was like, you want me to start a whole nother project slash company while I'm in the middle of doing this company? Like, how dare you? Then I was finally like, okay, maybe I should just do it so that you guys can stop asking me these stupid ass questions. Honestly, stop bothering me. Let me make this whole app Literally. company to help you understand why you should care about half of the planet. Like, so I like I was in the luteal phase when I finally like the, the straw that broke my back. I was just like, okay, fine. I'll just write it. And so I started writing this book in November of 2022 and it was done by the end of the year. And I think that's just like how much fuel and power and fire that I had in the process. And by the time I got to the other side of it, I was like, so back in love with like men again. And I was like, oh, you don't all suck. Like, this is like, this is a problem we can solve together. So for women, it really takes if you want to welcome somebody into being a part of a solution, you have to understand your own menstrual cycle first and foremost. You cannot explain nor invite someone to something you don't understand yourself. And most of us do not understand our menstrual cycle. So then when we try to explain it to our partner, we can get jumbled. We can feel really awkward. We can feel really confused. So if that's you, step 101, start tracking your menstrual cycle, track it on the agenda period app or through a planner or on your own Google calendar, like whatever the case may be, start becoming a cycle scientist is what we call it. Like start studying your own body as the ultimate authority for what you want to do and how you want to show up in the world. Start writing these things down, pay attention, get deeply in tune with your own system. And then you can invite a partner into that conversation. So the way that I, like how the idea kind of downloaded to me for the book, I was like, okay, so they need to know biology 101. Like they need to know what is the menstrual cycle. So that's a chapter in there. And then we broke down the four phases for them. So just like we do with the agenda period content, we let them know on a high level what somebody is going through during that phase, how they might be feeling, what's going on for them hormonally. And then I gave them literally a checklist like, bro, you don't know where to start. Start here. Do these things to help somebody in your life. So that's why it's called menstruation, a field guide. We really wanted it to feel like this is like periods for for dummies, right? Like that kind of, it's just like, don't worry. We'll take you step by step. We we have a diagram in there that's called, psst, there are three holes because that even comes up. Like 
how do you pee with a tampon in? Like, it's not the same hole. <laughs> so like, you need to understand the, an the anatomy a little bit to understand this situation. You need to know what's going on where. So we broke down. Yeah, we have the, the guide for them. We've got the four phases. And then we had interviews with other men talking about how did they show up for people with periods? What did demonstrating allyship look like for them so that they could, you know, give a relatable story or give someone some steps to walk with. And then every single chapter of the book has journal prompts. I'm a health coach. I want people to sit with their own experience and start to get curious about like, well, why do you think that about periods? Where did that idea come from? Who told you that? Where did you learn about these things from? Because when we can unpack those experiences, then we can all start to, again, get on the same the same side. So I think step one is like, under, as the woman, understand your own cycle. Step two, buy your partner menstruation and then like sit with them and like go through the guide together so that you can feel super supportive. Okay. That's awesome. I want you to cover the four phases because I know that that is something you do and something I do. And we both like cycle sync with our planner. And if you're like, oh, I want to learn about that, hang tight. Cause we'll talk about it. We're going to circle back to that, how you can match your cycle to your, your life, basically how you can plan your yeah. life around your cycle. That's how I do it at least. But for the people who are like, okay, brand new topic, no freaking clue what you're talking about. We have four we have four parts. I literally just bleed five days and then I'm good. Like what are the four parts? Talk to us yeah. about the four phases of our cycles and kind of briefly what we can expect and, and experience during those four cycles, those four phases. Yeah. So phase number one, and I'll, I'll do the seasonal analogy. I did not come up with this, but I, I think it's it. such a good one for people yes. to like really quickly uptake the content. And I think I have a little bit of that in the book as well for men to kind of understand those pieces. So phase number one is your menstrual phase, the first day where you actually start to have blood flowing, not just any of that little pre-cycle spotting. This is your inner winter time. So this is when we can feel heightened intuition. So for women, it's a great time to plan. And a lot of times people get like confused when I say that. I don't mean like go out and do stuff. I mean, like take your book out, take your planner out and like pinpoint some things you want to focus on, kind of get curious about what you want to do during that phase. Then the second phase is the follicular phase. This is when luteinizing hormones on the rise, estrogens on the rise. We start to feel more energetic. So this is like our internal springtime. Yes. So this is a good time to start doing things. So like from the male's perspective, great time to like take your partner on a new adventurous date. When we have more estrogen, we're not as sensitive to rejection. So if something doesn't go well, we'll be able to move with the punches more easily than if we're like in the late luteal phase. So like, these are how you can start to see like mapping this makes your marriage or partnership or relationship better. Like it just like allows you both to have more wins on, on the board, right? Understanding how to work with the flow. Then the ovulation phase, obviously the egg is only viable for 24 hours, but there's a phase when people tend to have increased cervical mucus, testosterone increasing, estrogen increasing. And so we kind of consider this the, the band of days. And this is like our internal summertime potent. She is potent during this time. So women like the hack ask for what you want during this phase. You're much harder to say no to when you're ovulating. I love than... Fear. You are on it. <laughs> You're on it. You can communicate what you want and it's easier to get your, your big yeses during this time. So focus on that. And then during the luteal phase, it kind of has two parts for most people. Like the first week still tends to be pretty energetic, but more internal energy versus the external energy of follicular and ovulation. So it's a good time for analyzing and organizing. And then you'll likely find a drop-off point around day 24. This is when your body recognizes that you're not pregnant. And so it drops progesterone and estrogen at the same time. 
So you may wake up feeling angry at the entire world. I started tracking it. I was like, why do I keep getting mad on day 24? What's going on? And I started, I Googled it and it's like, oh yeah, like the hormone that helps you feel calm and the hormone that makes you feel happy, like drop on the same day. I'm like, cool. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) So now I'm pissed and unruly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So like, I don't plan stuff like new business meetings on that day. Um, maybe you don't have the in-laws over when you're on day 24, right? You can start to see how we, we put these puzzle pieces together, but yep, that's the, the luteal phase is our internal autumn time. So analyzing, organizing, getting things wrapped up, doing your projects, tying up the loose ends can be really good during that time. And then you slide right back into your winter and, and right you're bleeding again. again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now that we have that, let's circle back to the mid. What did we learn when we talked about where did you learn this and where did you learn to not be involved or to view it as kind of gross? Did you ever break it down with people of like, but is it gross? It's it's a normal body function. It's actually, and I know there's controversy on this. I consider it a health sign. Like we want to see you having yeah. healthy menstruation and, and for for women and people who don't, it's problematic. It's, yeah. it's usually a complication of some sort. And so yeah. what did we learn when we sat down and talked to these men? And also, where'd you find these people? I think a lot of our listeners are like, I don't have a single man in my life that I would sit down and be like, <laughs> all right, you know what this is? And like, how do we use it? And you know anything about the luteal phase? Where did you find the men in your life that could have these conversations? So the first five got roped in because I knew them really well. So they just kind of got endeared to the cause. Guilty uh, by association. <laughs> <laughs> they just got roped right in. But then people kept like people were knowing I was doing this project. So a friend sent me, there was this athlete, his his handle on Instagram is Daniel Stretch Jr. And he did this video that went crazy viral talking about working out with the four phases of the cycle. So my friend's like, hey, you should reach out to him. So I just DM'd him on Instagram and he jumped on the podcast. Chris Patron from who has a pretty good account on TikTok. He has a he's made many videos about it of how to be a good guest. And so he has this coochie container. That's what he calls it. So he just has like a a box of, of hygiene products in his bathroom that any guest can use. So like pads, tampons, liners, like a, a wide variety. He's just like, as a man, this is like a great thing that you could do. I always keep a couple in my car just because you never know when someone in your, so like he wrote the forward to the book. And I just started like, I looked for like skits or funny videos that men had made. So I reached out a lot that way. And then I started getting, I posted about it on LinkedIn. And so men who are working in the period space in the hygiene space, they're like, I was like, Hey, if you're a man and you're brave enough to talk about periods, like hit me in my DMS. And so guys just started like coming into my DMS like, Hey, I, this is what I do. I could talk to you about periods. <laughs> and then they would introduce me to other men working in periods. So I got connected with men from it, living in India, working in, with periods in China, like in Europe, all over the, like all over the U S just men who are working on period companies some somehow, some way that would just come on and talk to me about periods. And I asked them, why do you guys suck when it comes to talking about periods? Like what's Honestly, the issue? No. What's yeah. the problem? Tell like you're, you are privy to conversations and spaces that I've never invited to. So like, why is it so weird? Y'all it's not that serious. And they're like, well, 
we just never learned about it. We never learned about it in fifth grade. This like phrase kept coming up over and over. And I was just like unprompted. I didn't ask them about elementary school. I just said, why do you suck at talking about this? Like, well, we just never learned about this in school. And in, and in fact, we were separated out from each other given different content. And so like that almost like cemented in our mind that this was something I should not talk about, that this was not appropriate for me to talk about. It created that taboo. It created right there. Right there. The split right there in fifth grade. And then men grow up and they're the vast majority of decision makers, politicians, business leaders, just because that's how the world is right now. So we've got this whole demographic that was taught. Do not talk about this. Do not talk about this. It is shameful. You should be embarrassed. Do not talk about this. And then we we expect them to make policies that are supportive. Like, how do you undo decades of shame when you've never been allowed to talk about it? So I started to get this tremendous amount of empathy for these, like, because I just saw like the child self, like these little boys who have grown into men who like, I wish I could do something better, but I w- I'm not even supposed to talk about it. What do you want me to do? So that's kind of the climate that we're up against. So the men were relieved and every, the guests, I'm like, you don't have to talk about my book, but I'm like, what should men do? They're like, read menstruation. They all bring it up. They're like, cause we just want, we need a tool. We like, tell me what to do so that I can start to unpack this for myself. So they've been super supportive. It's just been such a blessing to be able to talk to men about periods. So I think that if you can come in a really humble way, because a lot of the ways we talk to men about periods are making fun of them. There's a lot of street style interviews. There's a lot of man bashing, like, oh my God, you don't know how many tampons you you need for a period, like you moron. But like, if you've never had a period and no one has ever taught you about the products, how would you know? Well, I would also say in defense of women, it is probably a defense mechanism and or a social survival skill in, Absolutely. in response to their humor, which to Absolutely. them is a nice thing. They like don't know what to do. They're making it humorous. They're not hurting your feelings. But on the inside, women are like, dude, fuck you. That is rude exactly. as shit. And you just hurt my feelings. And now I'm going to get you back or I'm going to try exactly. and, you know, recover face in public. Even if it's so just between brother, sister, like- Or even if it's like from a man earlier on in your life, but then it triggers that in you, right? So like we just Mm. keep slinging mud at each other instead Mm. of coming to a place of conversation, which is not what anyone actually wants. But like the more we're defensive, then men get defensive and then we call them out and then they feel rejected. And it's just this terrible cycle where no one's really winning. And so the problem isn't getting better. Yeah, And so absolutely, I have been that woman who was like, how dare you ask me if I'm on my period right now? I just think you're an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> but also you're not wrong yes I am on my period <laughs> or no it's not starting until tomorrow thank you very much <laughs> uh, I'll have you know I'm in the last day of my luteal phase like so there. it's day 23 <laughs> not 24 <laughs> I love it exactly oh so goodness. that So while I may have started out kind of like in the angry camp when I started the project, I got to this place where I'm just like, I want everyone to have more freedom when we're able to talk about these things, when we're able to have these conversations, because we all deserve that. Yeah. Well, it went from like, you're consciously trying to block women and keep us down and intentionally not learning, you know, it's rude and misogynistic and you're an idiot, quite frankly, to oh my gosh, you 
we're literally never given even a toolbox for this, not even much less tools inside of your toolbox. You don't even have a toolbox at all. You have no idea. Probably, I would say a lot, and definitely correct me if I'm wrong, this is definitely anecdotal, but I would say so many American homes are probably operating under the roof of the men just don't ask questions about menstruation and the women just handle all of it. And if you have little girls, I would say most families, it relies solely on the shoulders of the mom to educate that, right? And so she's carrying this entire everything and your period is connected to everything. It's it's kind of like what you said in the beginning. It's not just a one-sided everything. thing. Like It is fertility. It is your mood. It is your health. It is your well-being. It is your immune system. It is your cognitive function. It's your sleep. It is everything literally it's the way it's everything. our body's programming it's literally yeah. yeah yeah oh it's our coding oh that's good it is though okay and it's always funny to me because men operate on a 24-hour code right like every 24 yeah. hours they're so arguably we want to talk about the moody people it's you sir right <laughs> every day it's a new flip of the switch no i'm just i'm just kidding i'm just joking with you guys okay so alex let's talk about let's talk about your app it's different than the book but they kind of go hand in hand to be honest yeah. and it's something that i think mainly period users are using but their partners can also be involved in helping kind of track things right yeah so the way that our app is, it, it shows you the four phases. So we're not just showing the period and ovulation, which is what a lot of cycle trackers do for some reason. So we're showing each of the four phases. When you're in that phase, we've got a learn more section. So you can pop up the content and learn mm. additional information about what phase that you're in. And then you can connect it all to your Google calendar. So if you don't want to be checking an app every single day, just put it right on your Google calendar for you. And then we just let you know, like, Hey, you're in this phase. And like, this is a little tip for how you could get support around your, you for yourself. So if you're just like planning the night before you're looking at your meetings, like, okay, crap, I'm in the lydial phase. I need to order takeout. And I really would like someone else to pick the kids up from school. Cause this is what I've got on my plate. So you can start to use it as a tool to get additional mechanisms of support for yourself. We don't have a really perfectly paired partner feature yet, but you can invite men in your life to that calendar. If you'd like, you can invite them to those, those calendar events and activities. So that's really super supportive and helpful. And then in the app, we've got new content every single week. So it could be around eating for the cycle or working out for the cycle. We're just constantly pouring in new menstrual cycle ideas and content for you to continue to learn and explore because our big goal, so much of the allopathic medical system takes women in particular out of the seat of control and shows them that they're not experts of their own body in conscious and subconscious ways that we talk to women when they're seeking treatment. And so the goal with this is that you really are, you're the boss, like you are the one living in your body, living in your experience. And we want to help you decode that data so that you could have a conversation about it with your partner, with a practitioner, but it's really about understanding your body for your own benefit. So we don't talk a lot about fertility rather than like ovulation is good for your own creative rejuvenation, but we don't talk about it. Like you only need to know this if you want to make babies, just like you said, fertility is important. If you don't want to make yeah. more people, yeah. it is a vital sign of your system functioning as it should be. And as it is intended to. Mm -hmm. So we really want this all to come back to like, how do I get support for myself? How do I understand myself? How do I work with the flow? And just like you, you said earlier, I don't think it's like my 
life comes first. And then my menstrual cycle, no, like my menstrual cycle, like my things in my life go around the menstrual cycle. Yeah. Cause like, <laughs> I can't change this pattern that's going on. So I'm going to fit my activities on top, but like your physiology is the base and the thing we really work from. So that is what I think makes our app really different than stuff that's on the market. It's about understanding that each of the four phases is a benefit. There's no deficit perspective. It's not bad to have a period. It just makes you more intuitive. How fun. I love my intuition. The luteal phase, we don't talk about her being moody. We just say like, wow, she's so great at analyzing and organizing how articulate she defends my boundaries. Like love her for that, right? So really understanding that there is a gift to each of these versions of ourself that can be uplifted and protected really has changed the way I think about myself as a cyclical person. I love that so much. Okay, y'all, I will literally move meetings if I realize I have scheduled meetings in certain phases of my cycle. And I very intentionally plan things like launches and creating new programs and guides and courses for you guys. I plan around my cycle when it comes to content in the birth lounge app and the birth lounge membership for you guys, even content on social media. It's all planned around my life. Okay. Gosh, I love this so much. Also, I love how you mentioned that fertility, I guess not fertility itself, tracking your cycle is a way to give you back control. I am not in the business of having children right now. And you know where I learned how to safely and confidently have sex without being always worried that I was pregnant, tracking my cycle. I know exactly when I ovulate. I know exactly my safe days and my high risk days. (laughs) Danger zone if you're not wanting kids. But, you know, I know exactly. I know when I'm most likely going to be moody. So when I notice myself being snippy, I can be like, oh, what is, oh, that's what that is. That makes a lot of sense to me. That is awesome. I think having it in your Google calendar is like, a game changer. So nice. It's so nice. Yeah. So, so nice. Okay. So tell me, tell me this for people who use other ways of tracking. So like maybe a wearable device of some sort, do these overlap? Do you recommend having both? Would it be appropriate for those people to download the app or, cause I know a lot of people do use those. So I know there's so, so many people being like, is this useful for me? Personally, yeah. I I have both. I have the app and then I have the wearable device and I, I use both sets of data, but that's what makes me feel empowered. Sometimes that can be really overwhelming to people. Yeah. So I would say definitely use both because again, you can set it and forget it. If you don't want to go in for all the different stuff in the app, you can put it on your Google calendar and you don't have to do it. It's just automated Mm. for you. You don't have to go in there and track it. Um, And then you can use your wear, like I have an Apple watch, but I use, it's like the functions very different. And at some point in the future, in the fullness of time, we'll have integrations with wearables. But until then, even just having it on your Google calendar that, cause some people are like, dude, I used to like take time every month, like doing it automatic. I'm like, yeah, isn't that worth $38 for you? Like a year to not have to do that. They're like, oh my God. Cause it takes me so much time every month. Like as soon as my period would start, I would like sit down and like put it onto my Google calendar and like count out the days and like try to like adjust it. And I was just like, like, let's just let us do it for you. It'd be super easy. So even just that amount of awareness just really relieves people when it comes to their everyday lives and their planning, because 
we know I'm not crazy. I'm just cyclical. So I, it's okay yeah. if that doesn't feel good to do that right now. So I would absolutely recommend using both for people, even if they've got a wearable, because again, it doesn't have to be a super invasive experience. If you don't want that, you can use it for the, the calendar aspect. And then that also will show up on your Apple watch or other wearable because all watches have an integration with Google because Google calendar is the number one calendar on the world in the world. That's why we went with Google as our calendar integration. Got it. I love that so much. And just the fact that you can add your partner is like powerful on itself. Okay. So what age group are we talking about, Alex? Like when is your average person starting their period? I know I went to elementary school with people in older elementary years who started their period. I am someone who did not start my period until just a few months shy of 18 years old. I was 17, like, and had well been 17. So there's a wide variety. Who is appropriate for the app? Well, I'd say just based on some of the content, it would have to depend on your family, your parenting style. Like we don't talk a lot about sex, but there's some mention of libido. There's some different information that's in the app as well. So like I would say pretty ideal for college age and up. But we also have recently created a curriculum that is for the K-12 kind of school age. So it's called Life Sync. So this is a way to start to understand puberty and hormones from as early as you want to have it. So this is not sex education. It is body literacy information. So we're teaching, and it's like one content for everyone, boys and girls, talking about all the different ways that human bodies change, including periods. And then we've got a little tracker on there for the kiddos, but it talks about exercise and movement and food and how that impacts how you feel through your life. And so really like, how do you understand these health metrics early, early, early on? So that curriculum, I would say, I think across the board, every parent that's looked at it was like, this feels really safe, regardless of their own religious background or cultural context. It's felt like something that they felt comfortable sharing with their kiddos. So if you have any reservations around age appropriateness, I would absolutely recommend that you check out LifeSync. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I know a lot of people probably their ears went up when you said K through 12, cause they're thinking kindergartners, sex education, no way, but it's more body literacy. I love that. Absolutely. It's just what is going on in your body and in your neighbor's body so that you can be aware of one another, not in a sexualized manner. Okay. I yeah, also- not talking about sex at all to children. Like that could be, that is content that that some families want to add in like the sex education piece. But what happens when we're, we're uncomfortable around those topics is that kids end up not getting any of the content around mm-hmm. their bodies because we don't want them to hear about this other aspect. Like that feels too adult for them, but they do deserve to know why their body is changing, how that's changing and how to start to plan with that. Like, man, what would have happened if I had this information at 10 game changer? Yeah. Same. Just, I was, I mean, we chatted before the the episode, but I mean, I didn't even know that my period was super important or attached to my fertility at all until I was in graduate school, like old, 22 to 24 years old, totally inappropriate for me to be learning. Even, I mean, imagine if I had someone my period at 12 or 14 years old, what's the average age of someone who starts their period? Do we know? If you Google, it will say age 12, but I think that age is dropping and dropping and dropping. I started my period at age 10. It was before any of the classes I had gotten in school. So I I really didn't know what was going on. I had to go to the nurse and I was like, I don't know what's happening. She was luckily fantastic. It's kind of explained to me at the high level what was going on. But like without that resource, I would have been so lost because it was not something my parents had talked about before my period started. It's just not something that 
we think we should be talking about to young kids, but they deserve to know like, hey, your bodies are going to go through changes. And in fact, if we talk to them before the changes occur, they don't feel as awkward about it. That's like the great thing. Well, that split that you talked about, that taboo that was literally created by the way we presented it and handled the situation can be totally A, age appropriate, and B, handled in a much less taboo way where it just normalizes it in an age appropriate way to say, this is what the human body does. We've got a couple different types of human bodies. Here's what you can expect from them. This is what you're going to go through. This is what your partner or your your friend over there. Yeah. 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 And so even if like you wanted to, as a parent or like in the school, even if they want to have the conversation separately, that's fine. The curriculum's still the same. So when we come back together, there's no mysterious black box. You're just like, Oh, these are the things that are going to happen. Okay. Like if you just tell little kids the truth, they just say, okay. And then they move on. Like, that's it. Not that it's not as, it's not as scary or as serious as we've been thinking about it. And so we really just want to make this super easy for this next generation of kiddos. Just be like, I just know what's up and no big deal. Away we go. Man, think about the psychology behind that, that we have like tainted almost an entire couple of generations, I would say, around sex and our feelings of intimacy and our regard for intimacy. Even that male-female dichotomy has just been eroded over the last couple of generations, all because the previous generations projected their own fear of them. Yeah. What? I cannot handle it. Okay. I'm so stoked to see like a new wave of, I think emotional intelligence is where I would put that one kind of coming up through the roots and changing the wave of things. All right. For people who are not part of the school system, where can they get the information? Do you have anything for just regular everyday parents who would like to start talking to their children, no matter kind of what age, on how to do that within their own home, whether they're getting it at school or not? Absolutely. We've released LifeSync at home because we want parents to be able to work on this content within their own families, particularly if you know your school district is not going to adopt something like this right away. We want you to have the content. So level one is already out and level two and three of the content will be coming out this fall. So we absolutely know this needs to be something. And again, this it could be a homeschool family or you your kids could be in the school system, but you just think they have a gap. This is for all parents. And we really believe that every single parent should have these conversations with their kids because understanding your anatomy, understanding your change, your body changes is something that helps keeps kids safe against yeah. creepy behavior out in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that we have these conversations early and often. And so it's, it's set up to be four lessons, but you can redo them. You can pull from them later on. You can do a refresh. We, it's all very much made to break the ice. So we've got memes in there. We want people to laugh and then be able to move through the serious content. We want it to be taken taken seriously, but not personally. So we want, we've got prompts for parents like, Hey, journal about this. Like, how can you maybe sit with this before you go into the conversation? So you don't feel uncomfortable. So you're not projecting the things you learned or your own insecurities into that. We've really tried to think through as many different aspects as possible. And this should be something that men and husbands and wives, men and women, whoever is there could be a part of that conversation again, to help your kids learn. This is just normal. Dad talks about it. Mom talks about it. We can talk about it to all of these safe adults in our life. 
That is awesome. Anybody that's a safe adult can pick you up tampons or pads or period underwear or a cup or whatever you choose to use. Oh, oh, chef's kiss. I love it so, so much. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. And look, guys, if you are hesitant about this, I totally resonate with you. I think before I got into my formal education and and went into early childhood, I had those same beliefs. I, I grew up in Mississippi. I grew up thinking that periods were gross and yucky and taboo and something that was shameful and not necessarily shameful, but should be hidden from the general public. You don't talk yeah. about it. You hide your tampons when you go to the bathroom, things like that. And I want you to know that what Alex said is totally right teaching your child proper anatomy terms and keeping that open communication and having very strong boundaries around who's a safe person and not a safe person will keep your children safe. So this is just one way. Download the app, take a look at the at the content and decide whether it's right for your family. If it's not right today, come back when your children are a little older and get that knowledge kind of refreshed in your mind and And then present it to them and help them through a time that I think a lot of us really could have used the help. So this is your chance to change it for your kids going forward. Not to get too woo-woo or like, you know, you you have to do better for your children. (laughs) But like we kind of do. Yeah. Like I grew up in Iowa. It was very, like very conservative, like very religious. And like, I didn't learn about periods and it's not something you talked about. And it was only something you talked about with like your closest girlfriends, like in a whisper, never wanting that to be out loud. And it took a lot of years for me, a lot of years and therapy, like to undo the shame around all of it and how it does play a part into the way we see our bodies and the way we show up as women in the world and the way we show up as leaders or don't show up as leaders, because we think, you know, when different women have ran for, for public office, I've heard people say comments like, well, I, she couldn't be in the highest office. Like she, she has her period. Like she might start a war when she was, I'm mm-hmm. like, do you know how many wars have been started by people without periods? I mean, do you want to like fact check that one? <laughs> but like, also she's probably like menopausal. Did we start time. a tally? <laughs> like all of them? Oh wait, weird. Like how weird is that? <laughs> LOL. Uh-huh. Women zero. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it, like it, it is something that I've come to see is like impacts every single level of our lives yeah. across the planet. Like this is this one weird unifying thing that women have. And so when we just understand, we can definitely save our kids the trauma. We can also work to forgive ourselves because we didn't know you can work to be easier to yourself when things don't go well. Once you have this information for yourself, and then you can be the cyclical leader in your household and you can show your kids how to take good care of themselves or the women in their lives in the future by like, Hey, no, we are going to calibrate. Like I need some lower energy activities right now. Nope. We're not going to go to the park. It's movie night and I'm ordering pizza (laughs) and like explaining why, and what are the things that your body needs? Because your needs are important and it's important for them to be demonstrated in your household. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. Okay. Before we wrap this up, I want to circle back to something we talked about in the very beginning. And that is something that I think every single bleeding person ever has resonated with. And that is that period anxiety who has had a period and has not turned to at least one of their friends. It says, can you check me? Can you check my butt and just make sure there's nothing on there? That period anxiety, even the anxiety of like, leaning up to things like, for me personally, it's vacation. Am I going to be on my period on vacation? And making sure that if I am, we plan our activities accordingly to where I am, like even in 
my menstrual phase of that phase, right? Because my day one of my menstrual phase is different than my day four. Yeah. Day two and three are pretty intense for me. And I like take excellent care of my hormones (laughs) and just like, and it can still be like, I don't have the cramps that I used to have anymore, but it's just like tired, more tired, have the Mm -hmm. heaviness feeling Mm -hmm. because like the inside of your, your organ is shedding itself. Like, let's just call like cramps, make it sound so like cramps. (laughs) I'm just crampy a little bit. No, I'm literally like, losing a whole layer of my body <laughs> through my vagina. <laughs> that part. And it literally feels like it. <laughs> it yeah. So I think that anxiety is really, is really, really, really common. Yeah. And that's part of what we hope cycle syncing can help them help people do is reclaim because we spend on average eight years of our life bleeding. Mm. And as a health coach, the mind body connection, if you are feeling anxious, if you're feeling distrustful of your body, what does that do to your self image and the way that you see yourself? and the way you perceive your value, like it's not good. So I think one of the things we can do is really start to understand that about ourselves. And if we had good allies out in the world, like here, use my jacket, you do have something like if we could start to, to move with, through that with a little bit more grace, we would save a lot of women, a lot of heartache and, and energy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And shame and guilt and embarrassment and like literally traumatizing stories for sure. Okay. Here's my last question for you. What does it look like to be a good ally? So we've we've taken everybody through this journey and I don't want to leave them without true action steps. Grab the menstruation book, start to track your own cycle, you know, be open and honest with your partner about your period and what you're feeling and your experience and, and your cycle. But from a man's perspective, for the men that are listening out there, and hopefully all of the women who are listening have shared it with their male partners. We finally got into the part for you. What, what does it look like to be a good ally? I think some stuff that's really like on the surface level, grab some extra like period products and supplies. If you want to stash a couple in your glove box, that would be amazing. If you want to have them in your home, that would be freaking awesome. Just like have some extra, if you're in a family or even if you're like a single dude, just like having some products around for people, you Mm -hmm. never know when someone's going to need one and be able to be like, oh yeah, here you go. No big deal. Like here's a, here's a pad, here's a tampon, like whatever. Casual. (laughs) Super keep it cash. Yeah. Like being able to be like that and knowing that you're a safe space is, is tremendously important for women to know that there are people that are safe spaces in the world. And then just ask, talk to the people because this really has the biggest impact on your closest relationship. So if you are in a partnership, Hey, how does that make you feel when you're in your cycle? I don't really know anything about that. What, what's your experience? Is there some other ways that you would like some additional support? And that's one of the reasons I did the checklist for guys in the book is to like help them. Like here's a jumping off point, but also remember the woman or menstruator in your life is the ultimate authority. So ask them about their experience, ask them questions like, Hey, I'm open to learning more about this. What would you like me to know? I, I think that's the best thing that that men can do is understand that. And what they gain on the other side of that is increased relationship satisfaction and increased sexual connection. If you understand the menstrual cycle libido and you understand those changes, you can have a better chance at getting the outcome that you want for yourself, right? If we're like we're all kind of tuned into the what's in it for me channel of our lives because we're all busy. If you are open and receptive to the most intimate partnerships in your life, you are going to reap the benefits of those increased relationship rewards. So if you are showing up for your partner in this way, you are going to get closer. You are going to have a better relationship. And I think that's what we all want. We want to feel seen and heard and feel safe. And it may even bring up some stuff for you. I I had one of the guys on the podcast said, 
it's so hard for us to talk about these topics because we're, we're not taught to deal with our own pain or our own discomfort. We're taught to push down our own physical feelings of discomfort. So when you come to us with something, it's just easy to, how can we shut that down? So I maybe even encourage you as you're in this process of like supporting someone around their own menstrual cycle, how can you open up a little bit more spaciousness for yourself to tend to some of your own emotional, physical, or spiritual healing that you've been neglecting for a long time. So maybe that can be the invitation to like, let the feminine side, like guide you into some better self-care for your own self and well-being. I think pushing down emotions is all that a lot of men know. They don't know anything else. So since they don't have coping styles and strategies and management, you know, tools for themselves, they certainly can't help you manage the things that you're feeling. It's kind of like it's the yin and the yang for we can't invite men into menstruation when we don't even know what's going on with our own body. So it takes some literacy from us in order to become that teacher. We we first have to teach ourselves before we can teach someone else. Yeah. And I think there's some really, that's beautiful. I think that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. Cool. This has been such a great conversation. Okay. So remind us where people can find your book and your app, and then also how they can connect with you on social media if they wanted to follow along and support. Yeah. So the book format right now, it is on Kindle and Audible because I didn't have the bandwidth to, because I self-published looking someday for my publishing home, but right now you just needed to get it out into the world. So that's the formats that it's available on Amazon. And then our podcast, Manstration, where I've interviewed a bunch of dudes about periods is on Spotify. So just look up Manstration. (laughs) And then we're at the agenda period on TikTok, Instagram, threads, <laughs> Facebook. And we also have a Facebook group called the cycle reintroduction. So that can be a great place to plop. Come join us, come pop any of your TMI questions. And there's always someone in that space who is excited to support and help you get some support. Yeah. So really find us anywhere. We're always happy to answer. Oh, the app is available on iOS and Android. So you can go to either of those platforms, download it today and start living your best cyclical life. Nice. I love that. You guys definitely go, go download it. Cycle syncing is hard to say, but also it changed my life. It really, really did. When I started to pay attention to my cycle, oh my God, my relationship improved. My mindset improved. My business improved. Our overall just like systems of how I was functioning both in my personal and professional life improved. I learned so much about myself and my moods and my patterns and just common themes in my life. It was just like- Everything. It really was. I mean, (laughs) you know, the the same like wave of like breakdown and then growth you have with therapy. It was like the same exact thing, but with me within my own body, no therapist, I'm leaving myself and finding myself at the same time. I'm meeting myself. It was awesome. So when you get ready to be serious about just, I think, knowing yourself and, and doing all the things that you can do to better your life here is a free and an easy way that you can do this. It doesn't take a lot of time and there are basically no downsides, except it's one additional mental task you have to think about. But if you're on birth control, other than 
you know, the implants and stuff, you're already having that mental task. So you're just swapping out one for one. And I promise you, if you're going to take on a mental task, make it this one. This one will give you so much return on your investment. Your ROI will be like through the roof. You won't even recognize that woman from yesterday. Our our customers say it takes about three months to really start to like understand and pick apart and see the pattern. And then they're like, but like after that, I save so much time, energy, emotional, like bandwidth from just like, oh, I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to plan that for next week. Oh, I'm I'm not going to suffer through that. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Like just knowing yourself in that way, it's just, they're like priceless. Could not put it like, how do you put a price tag on that? It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. All right. This has been a great conversation. You guys, thanks for hanging out with us again today. I love, love, love my time with y'all. All right, you guys, until next time. Bye. Hey, before you go, I wanted to let you know that the doors to the Birth Lounge are officially open. You can join the Birth Lounge at thebirthlounge.com to find the best childbirth education on the internet. It is comprehensive care. There is no agenda. I'm truly stepping you through any birth plan that you want to make, whatever feels good to you. Because just like Dr. Rankins, my goal is not to help you have one type of birth over the other. Instead, I want to help you have a birth free of birth trauma because I know that that sets you up for a lifetime of success. So much birth trauma is avoidable and it can actually be avoided in your labor if you do specific things or if you avoid certain things. I want to teach you what those certain things are. We know that you cannot plan out how your birth is going to go, but you absolutely can be prepared. And that means being prepared for anything that comes your way. So inside the birth lounge, I am going to teach you unmedicated childbirth coping mechanisms, but I'm also going to talk to you about medicinal options. I also want you to understand what normal physiological labor looks like so that you know what's normal, but I also want you to understand what's abnormal. So I'm going to teach you the common complications that sometimes pop up or the roadblocks or pivots that people encounter during the birth process. I also am going to teach your partner everything that they need to know to be helpful during labor. And I mean actually be helpful, not just sit on the couch and say, you're doing a great job, babe. I'm going to teach them pain relief strategies, how to advocate for your goals, how to offer you options, and how to truly take care of you in labor so that, again, you can avoid birth trauma. Join the Birth Lounge at thebirthlounge.com to have an informed labor where you feel confident navigating hospital policy and advocating for your goals. Again, that is thebirthlounge.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident.